One hour from now, we play Trend or Truth with the conference championship games coming up this Sunday. Before we wrap up the show, obviously, we'll have our lightning bets, best plays for the day, and probably add some more to the cards for this Sunday as well. 40 minutes from now, Jimmy Patsos of Monumental Sports Network to talk college hoops, but also NBA and the mess in Milwaukee is... Adrian Griffin is out, and Doc Rivers may be in, he said hesitantly. Uh, And coming up in 20 minutes, college hoops specifically, Kentucky held to 62 points in South Carolina, a couple of big, big 12 road wins for Houston and Texas, who continues to bounce back. Uh, All that on the way alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Watch us on twitch.tv slash BetQL and listen inside your free Odyssey app. He joins us every Wednesday around this time from Pro Football Focus, our guy Brad Spielberger. Morning, Brad. How are you? Doing great. How you guys doing? Good. We were just arguing about mock draft season. Um, we'll save that because I'm sure you've got thoughts on the preliminary mock 1.0s that are out from a lot of the big mock draft names. Um, but let's start with the conference championship games. Um, just diving into these two games... We, we played a, a power ranking earlier where we had trouble coming up with liabilities on the Ravens. Um, like where are the weaknesses on this team? And, you know, it, it, they're hard to find, yet the other side of the coin is Patrick Mahomes. 8-0-1 is a road dog in his lifetime. And where, where do you look at this AFC championship game? Where are there maybe some opportunities here? Yeah, I mean, the Ravens are probably the most complete team in football at this point, <clears throat> especially if they get back Mark Andrews at tight end and Marlon Humphrey at corner, because corner's probably where I would start here and say, you're getting great play out of Brandon Stevens, a recent draft pick of theirs, and Ronald Darby, who's always a good player when healthy, but kind of one of those guys that just never can stay healthy. But I think you can attack those players. And then the other side of the ball, Odell Beckham Jr. ran eight routes in that Houston game, like quietly had his usage brought way down. It was a Zay Flowers and Rashad Bateman game. And I love Zay Flowers, fun rookie. And, you know, Bateman's been a good player, also a first-round pick. But those guys against the Chiefs secondary playing as well as they are right now, like, it's it's, it's a mismatch uh, in favor of Kansas City. But I, I do agree that the Ravens are probably the hardest team right now to poke holes in. And, and Brad, a lot of people are, are taking a look at it and saying, ah, it's that time of the year. Here come the Chiefs, whether they like it or not. Like, okay, they had their issues in the regular season. They're figuring things out now. But uh, – you know, I would point to, and many others would say, well, look at the two teams they played to get here. Like, we can sit here and look at the data, the season-long stuff, and where they rank, and, and those defenses in the Dolphins and um, and this past weekend with the Bills. However, when you're missing, like, almost half your starters, like, how do you balance that out? So when you look at the, what the Chiefs offense is doing right now, how much is, like, the opponent – didn't have their guys and it's not as impressive or are you like look man best quarterback in the world and he's playing hot at the right time no i'm with you 100 i mean i do think patrick mahomes elevates his game travis kelsey uh, had his 14th 75 plus yard outing the most in nfl history in the playoffs like those guys do take it to another level come playoff time but i'm with you 110 percent to where particularly those two guys are, are kelsey where the linebackers and safeties you're playing against Buffalo, a bunch of injuries there. And then Miami, their pass rush is a bunch of 40-year-old guys. They signed off the street because they had so many injuries on the edge. So 
you're not attacking the tackles, uh, which is Kansas City's weakness right now on the offensive line. And then you're also getting a Travis Kelsey you know, running more open. Obviously, the busted coverage touchdown where he was wide open. Those things aren't going to happen uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Kyle Hamilton at safety and Roquan Smith at linebacker are going to be as good against Travis Kelsey as anyone who's played the entire season. You get Rasheed Rice a little bit banged up. Joe Tooney at left guard maybe doesn't play with a pec injury. And all of a sudden, you got Justin Matabike causing problems. We know the edge rushers in Baltimore. Not superstars, but a good rotation of players. I- I'm with you. They, they have gotten a, I'm not going to say lucky, but they-, they caught some breaks in who they faced to get to this point. So that sets me up. What do you like in this matchup, whether side, total, or props? Have, is there anything you've bet already? And then uh, matchups that you have your eye on. Yeah, so I, I jumped on a prop immediately on Sunday night, and I do think we've probably lost some value here. I, I had the Lamar Jackson rushing yards at 57.5 to the over. I think it's around 63.5 now, maybe even a little bit higher at this point, but I might still like it, frankly. So um, the Chiefs' weakness on defense is their run defense. I mentioned they have a, an elite coverage unit, and they really, really do. Uh, but this is one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, and maybe in part by design. But um, in particular, the way they lose also <clears> – <throat> is outside the tackle. They are 32nd in EPA per rush allowed and second to worst in success rate allowed on runs outside the tackles. The Ravens have the most rushing attempts in the NFL outside the tackle and the fewest between the tackles, like the run uh, off of those guys. So a strength against a weakness. And then also we saw in the Josh Allen uh, Buffalo Bills game, the, the Kansas City against quarterback rushing bottom five in both of those metrics as well. So uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. Don't need to really go into how good he is running the football. Six yards per carry on runs off tackle this year is fourth in the NFL. And he also led the league in scrambles and forced the most missed tackles on scrambles this season. Um, I-, I love the Lamar rushing props in this game. I think that's how Baltimore wins is these long, you know, 10-play, six-minute drives where they run the ball a ton, don't put the ball in harm's way, um, and-, and just not let Patrick Mahomes get on the field. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, with us here on BetQL Daily. So when we look at the late game and we look at the Lions secondary, and I was going over some of the PFF numbers on the corners and how bad they are earlier, um, we've also got the idea of Debo Samuel maybe not being a part of this one. Maybe that neutralizes that advantage for San Francisco just a little bit. Um, Where else do you look on both sides of the ball? Because the one spot I look at, Brad, is not – on either side of the ball. It's on the sideline. Dan Campbell loves to play Dan Campbell ball. Hey, it's fourth and eight at our own 24. Sure. Yeah. Let's dial something up. Um, And I think that may be an advantage for them, but I also think it could be one of the biggest problems for them is they can't afford to miss in those, those circumstances. They've got a hit on all of those wild Dan Campbell, you know, where he just says, yeah, let's roll the dice and go for it. It's going to swing the game in either direction because I think the great equalizer, it's almost kind of beautiful in this game, is Kyle Shanahan, probably the best, you know, schemer, play designer, play sequencer in the entire NFL, horrific game manager. And you saw it in the first half of this game where they don't even try to score points against Green Bay, basically just waste time, bleed out the clock, and it could have ended up costing them the game. And that's that's a trend. He's always been very, very poor with clock management, never goes for it on fourth down, kicks long field goals and plays for field goals, all these things that – you know, haven't come back to bite him, I guess, all the time because they're winning a lot of games. But it's it's a it's a potential advantage for Dan Campbell, but like you said. Also, if they're not converting on those opportunities, then it could swing the other way. So 
I think this one's very interesting where you mentioned the Lions outside corners not having, you know, a, a good stretch here. Got killed by Baker Mayfield, you know, over 10 yards per attempt for Matthew Stafford as well. If Debo doesn't play, though, or even if he does but he's not fully healthy, I actually love Christian McCaffrey receiving yards in this game as well. Uh, when Debo doesn't play, he's gone over 50 yards in both of those games this season. Uh, his 50-plus prop is, I think, plus 200, maybe plus 190 at this point. Um on the alt for Christian McCaffrey, and they're just going to get him the ball a ton, let him you know, make those linebackers miss over the middle. Um, and I think at this point, the IUK number has gone too far. Um, and now I would look into a Christian McCaffrey receiving prop. Brad, we all talk about golf outdoors, right? Indoors versus outdoors. So that's the thing. Once you get to the playoffs, tough conditions. Well, it's been an easy path. They had a couple of home games, and now they're going on the road in what looks to be good conditions. If it's 70 degrees, partly cloudy, like the forecast is saying right now, like you can't really ding dunk off there. Um, but, like, you know, it doesn't look like there's going to be rain. Like That's been the issue with Purdy, and it happened again over the weekend. Which team does it help more? I'm not asking you the winner, but if the conditions are, you know, 70 degrees late January for this game in San Francisco – which side uh, does that benefit a little bit more? Yeah, I would lean towards the Niners simply just because, not even about the quarterbacks, but just I, I think the, this might sound crazy with Christian McCaffrey, but I think a game condition where running was empowered and running mattered more, I think actually would skew towards the Lions. The Niners quietly have not been very good against the run this year, and we know Detroit, Detroit has this two-headed monster with Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I like Jameer Gibbs props in this game as well. Um, that's been their weakness, and, and that's, again, I think what Ben Johnson is going to try to do, um, which you know Kyle Shanahan, of course, does as well, run the play clock down to two seconds before you snap it, run the ball a ton, and have these long, slow, sustained drives. But I think it skews more towards San Fran, where if there are ideal passing conditions, I think you are going to see Brock Purdy find George Kittle, find Brandon Ayuk, and of course, like I said, find Christian McCaffrey, um, yeah, and just be able to throw the ball more against a really, really bad secondary. So, yeah, I would have to skew that way. But both guys, yeah, when it's windy and rainy, uh, not ideal for either quarterback in this game. No. When you... When you look at Super Bowl MVP, it tends to be a quarterback that wins it. But I think if you're looking at the Niners, there's an argument that can be made like, oh, wow, look at this Mr. Irrelevant kid. He's balling. Or you say he's a product of young Shanny and it's not him. It's the talent around him and his coach. Would you be looking at uh, someone else in that market on the Niners if you were looking to bet Super Bowl MVP? And how would you approach it? Yeah, I do think that you're on it right there. I think Christian McCaffrey probably will score a bunch of touchdowns. He obviously already has. He kind of has the highlight moment of that game winner effectively against the Green Bay Packers. You know he's going to be super involved. I mentioned if Debo Samuel doesn't play, I think you're going to see him not only be, you know, get his usual 20 carries, but also probably get targeted, I would guess, five, six, seven times in that game. Um, And we know what he can do with the football in his hands. So I do think I would play it that way. Frankly, my favorite, uh, sticking with the same idea, it's more playing into a potential fatigue, but I kind of love Isaiah Pacheco as a Super Bowl future bet right now as well. Kind of the same same idea, or I guess different, because no one's saying that like Patrick Mahomes is kind of a uh, you know a product of his environment right now, but more so just maybe maybe you get down the low red zone and Pacheco's punching these scores in, and then people just don't want to give Mahomes a third you know Super Bowl MVP. I think that, that it's, it, he's a long, I think it's eighty to one or something like that. Um, if I'm pl- placing bets right now, trying to hit the long shot market, I do like Isaiah Pacheco as well. 
Brad Spielberger, pro football focus with us here on BetQL Daily. I promised we'd pivot to the stuff that I know you guys love at PFF, Brad. Mock draft season. Everybody else, Kuiper, Brugler, Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah, they're on, they're on Mock Draft 1.0. <laughs> Not Trevor Sycamore on PFF, no. Mock Draft 4.0. Been doing this thing <laughs> since the regular season. So, But it, it, falls, it does fall in line with a lot of what we're seeing sort of across the grid, which is quarterbacks 1, 2, 3, uh, Williams, May, and Daniels. And then you guys, the one outlier I, I do see is that Atlanta at 8, Trevor has Penix. And, and that is a guy we didn't talk about a couple minutes ago when we were talking about first-round quarterbacks. We were talking about the idea of where Knicks and McCarthy fall, but Penix as well. How many quarterbacks end up going in this first round? Yeah, I think uh, Trevor, you know, obviously he's the draft guy. He's the expert. But I think he fell in love with a, with a you know, Cinderella run through the Pac-12 and the, the first round of the playoff. I don't think a 24-year-old with two ACL reconstructions and, and shoulder issues is going in the top 10 of the draft uh, with all due respect to my guy Trevor. So I think he could go in the first, though. But I think it'll be much, much later. I think you are going to get um, – like the line should be five and a half, right? Because you mentioned I think a team is going to take a shot on J.J. McCarthy – I would guess more in the like, you know, it was like Broncos, Raiders, Vikings, kind of in that, what, 12 to 15, 16 range. One of those teams, I think, will bring him in, intentionally put him on the bench for a year or two, and just build him up slowly, and then have a bridge to to him in the future. So, I think he goes, and then I think Bo Nix, too, like... I think Penix was better this year, but, you know, Nix is also older. I get that, but but a little bit better athlete can, you know, run around a little bit more, which we know in today's NFL is so valued, um, and didn't have the injury concerns. He more just kind of played like, like a, you know, like a Josh Allen without the Josh Allen abilities uh, in, in his Auburn days, and has really settled down, brought the turnover where he plays way, way down. So, yeah, I think all five of those guys, of course, including, you know, Caleb May and, and Daniels, I think all of them are first round. I don't want to say locks, but close to it. And then I do think Penix, if you're a team sitting there at the, you know, let's say 25 to 32 range and just say, you know what, this kid's super talented. He has maybe the biggest arm in this class. Uh, we get the concern. We get the, the risk here, but why not take a dart and see what we can do? Maybe he slips in there as well. So I, this, the line should be five and a half. Uh, and it'll be fascinating to see what, which side it ends up on. Uh, Brad, final 30 seconds. Do you have a hot take with what's going to happen with the, the coaching carousel? Ooh, a hot take. I, you know, I, as time goes on, I don't know if Bill Belichick's going to go to Atlanta anymore. It seemed like an absolute lock, and I think there is an internal power struggle right now between some people that are already in Atlanta that don't want Bill Belichick to come in and kind of change the entire structure of the organization, which he would do and which he has the right to do. I think they're going to pivot now and maybe go to like a Bobby Slowick or, or go to a you know a young offensive mind, maybe a Mike McDonald from Baltimore. I think I think Bill might it might just not happen at this point. Wow. That is, <laughs> we talked about that earlier in the week. It's crazy to think that Bill Belichick could be left out in the cold, but without many possible destinations, that may work out that way. Brad, thanks so much for the time, man. We'll catch up again next Wednesday. Have a good one. Brad Spielberger of PFF. And yeah, maybe we talk about that a little bit more because this the Belichick thing just gets more and more fascinating, I think, to all of us that are watching it play out this way. And college hoops. Kentucky loses two big Big 12 road wins for Houston and Texas, though, and a couple of big games tonight as well in the SEC, Big 10, and Big 12. All next right here on BetQL Daily.